And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It's Davey Rispin and Mickey Brennan with you here as always. And I suppose uh, it's 2021, Davey Rispin. Um, and you didn't even realise that when you were trying to put in the, the code for our, our, our Zoom call. Because I always give you this, the, the, the code words, whatever the letters, and then it's usually 2020. But it was 2021 and you were confused. You were stuck. You couldn't get onto the Zoom call there for a little while. I think that just summarizes the, the last two weeks, ideally, Mickey. <laughs> I was literally, you know the way people will know when you put in the username, it's a big, long number. No, 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 no. The actual username is a big, like, 10-digit number or whatever. But when you come to the password, you have a customized, it's DR2020. And I don't even look at that anymore because I know that's what it is. So here's me pinning it in. And I'm like, capitals are on, so it's capital. <laughs> And I did it. If people see me, Mickey, I had it three or four times done, and then I looked down and I was like, 2021. Oh, God. <laughs> well, look, good riddance to 2020. That's what I say. And, uh, you know, on this podcast, we are going to have a look back at 2020 uh, as a whole. And uh, we're going to maybe have a quick look forward to 2021. We'll also um, be talking about some retirements uh, from the county scene. Um, we we obviously had a couple during the year, and we're going to have. A, we, we've just learned of a couple in the last twenty four hours, forty eight hours as well. And we'll do, do our usual lot of roundup, and we'll have our Instagram interactive as well. But Davy, um, I suppose looking back at twenty twenty, and we can break it into different segments. I suppose like we can do the men, we can do the hurling, we can do the LGFA, the commodes, the minor hurling. Um, the minor football and then we can do the club championship and leagues and whatever but I suppose as a whole for the senior men what way would you uh, gauge 2020 was it a was it an improvement did we make progress um, or does that defeat to Dublin just undo all the good work that we we felt was being done in 2020 Uh, yeah it's it's a tricky one Mickey Uh, tricky Mickey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I suppose on, on one hand you take you take great heart in a number of the league performances with probably the exception of Throne way back last week in January in 2020 which feels like a lifetime ago and the yeah. Donegal game the home game in Navin and, and they're going into the I suppose the first lockdown the performances had improved you know really good spirited displays against Mayo Galway and Kerry and then when we finally did come back in November time you know, we went up to Parnell Park, put an excellent account of ourselves against the Dubs, 
and then probably unlucky not to beat Monaghan and Clonus and going into championship, you were saying, you know, everything was, was going rather well. And to be honest with you, the Wicklow game was never a test. It was hard to read, read too much into it, but we probably read too much into the scoreline against Kildare because what on reflection and, you know, hindsight is, is brilliant and it's 2020 vision as they say, but looking back on it, there was very little between the sides, but for that glut of goals, I think me got three in the first 10 minutes of the second half. And it probably gave us a little bit of a false dawn. Not to say that we weren't on par or, or marginally better than Kildare, but you do remember that Kildare are only a Division Two side at the end of the day, and, and they still are that. Um, um, but the Leinster final was obviously a huge disappointment and, and a horrible way to end the year. Had it been last year, had, had it ended on that note last year as well, we would have said the exact same thing because Dublin pasted us in the Leinster final. But we went out two weeks later you know, got a great win against Clare in, in the fourth round of the qualifiers and went on to do rather well in the Super 8s. So we had that chance to come back and sort of redeem ourselves. Whereas I suppose in the year just gone, we didn't have that opportunity and it left a kind of sour taste in the mouth after that Dublin game. Yeah, yeah, it really did. And, and you know, I, th- I think we all felt that we were closer to Dublin than we were. And as I said after that game as well, things are never as good as the scene, things are never as bad as the scene. And I don't think the gap is the gap that we saw in that game against Dublin. I think Dublin played their best game of the championship against Mead um, that day. And Mead had their worst day in a long time in championship. So I do think it was, on the whole, I still think it was a fairly positive year for for the Mead seniors. And I hope they can build on that for next year. And they have to take from the Division 1 league, you know, um, all the positives. Um, Players that stood out for you, maybe for the seniors, that, you know... um, some of the new guys, I suppose, probably would be the ones that stood out. Jordan Morris, for one. Yeah, Jordan Morris is the one that, that probably stands out and jumps off the page. I think Matt Costello was excellent. Um, and, you know, he started that first game in, in Tyrone and Oma, but I, I suppose the difference when he came back after lockdown was really noticeable. He had a great club uh, championship with Dunshockland. And he kicked on with me then. He, he enjoyed three excellent games and he's probably one of the few that could come out and say that he actually did play well in all three games, as did Jordy Morris. He, he still contributed, I think, four points against the Dubs in the Leinster final. So from that perspective, it's great to see the young players, I suppose, doing well. Um, I thought Ronan Jones had a really positive year as well. Great to have him back. It's the first real year that we've had him. Obviously, in the last couple of years, he's been sort of coming over and back from America. It's not been ideal, but he, we've, we've known that he's been in the pipeline now for a while, and it's just great to have him now all of the time. Um and then, you know, some of the, the more experienced campaigners, the likes of Killian O'Sullivan, I thought was magnificent. Yeah. Um, and Donald Keoghan and, and Brian Menton, their usual eight, nine out of ten uh, every game. You know, they, they were the guys. Obviously, there was, there was others too, but, but they're probably the five or six standout players between a bit of youth and experience that, that probably stood out above all else. Yeah, Scully, when he came on in the Leinster final, uh, looked lively as well. And, and, and hadn't played in a whole pile of football up until the Leinster final. No, Scully was excellent. And, and like, uh, like he's only one of a number of players. You, you could even point to Owen Harkin. Like, he got rewarded for his excellent club form with Dunsany. And, and, you know, he featured in all of the games after that. Carl Hickey was another one. Yeah. So we're going to see plenty more of these guys. And probably maybe that's the benefit of dropping back down to Division 2, that these guys might get the chance to flourish a little bit more, um, enjoy and possibly express themselves in games where we would probably have a little bit more of the ball and be on top so these guys can go and, and maybe influence games a little bit more. But 
overall, there's there's a lot of positives in terms of the young players in that too. Um, we still have a few things that we need to sort out. Probably the goalkeeping spot is is one. Um, I think we've recognised for for a number of number of um, years now, and I'm sure Andy's probably doing that as we speak. Um, but yeah, look, it's back to Division Two. I suppose the the question for me is, can we bounce back? And you know, it's very difficult. You see it in all sports when a team suffers relegation. It's hard to arrest that slide. That's exactly what's going to be facing us in the spring, summer, whenever the league does eventually happen. Yeah, um, staying on uh, the football end of things, may as well go to the minors as well. Uh, John McCarthy and his lads still in the Leinster final. It was supposed to be played this weekend, just gone. Um, obviously, it wasn't played because we're going back into lockdown. But a Leinster final, you know, like still awaits our minor team. Well, they say it's a marathon, not a sprint, Mickey. And I think if me do go on to win this Leinster final, it will certainly approve to be that because. We've got two bounces now going into lockdown. Obviously, the win against Dublin straight into a lockdown. The last two victories were after having prior to Christmas into a lockdown again. And we're waiting on the Leinster final when we come back. But they've been a huge um, positive in a difficult time. And I won't just apply that to sport, just in general in life. They've they've really been a breath of fresh air for us. Um, and they've been great to watch. They've played without fear in all of their games. And um, it, it shows that the future is bright for Mead. I, I do think that this uh, Leinster final is a, is a massive occasion for Mead, you know, to, to probably get to win another one, but to, to show that we're still continuing to make progress at minor level. Obviously, kicking on to under 20, that's going to be the next thing. I'm, I'm sure we'll come to that in a few minutes. Um, but I think John has done an excellent John and the management team have done an excellent job with them, and the players have clearly responded to them as well. Um, the, you know, we not to single out players, but a number of the players that, that we do single out kind of every other week have been superb. Like Sean Emmanuel has just consistently been getting better and better game on game. Uh, Kieran Caulfield, he's one of the more experienced players in that squad. He's been superb at, at left half back. And then into the forwards, obviously the captain home frame. But in his absence, like when he, when he hasn't probably played as well as he did against Dublin, maybe the first time out, the likes of Bowden and John McDonough and a couple of other guys themselves, they, they've been superb. So um, it's a really talented group and it's a really um, well-matched and evenly balanced squad as well, which is great to see. You mentioned the under-20s and uh, when you think back to that famous day in Parnell Park earlier on this year when we faced the Dubs and I think you went on down to Kerry straight away afterwards. Is that right, if, if I remember correctly, for, for the yeah. big Kerry game? But uh, a disappointing day. Um Great hopes for that team, for Ger Robinson and the lads, but just didn't work out against Dublin on the day. No, and, and like we'd beaten Dublin only a matter of weeks or months, I suppose, before that in a warm-up competition before the, the championship. And whatever happened, it, it didn't happen for me on the day. It just didn't click. And that's not to make any excuses that Dublin were by far and away the better side and would have won the game regardless. And, and this is sort of where we're, we're seeing... Um, the disconnection between that minor and 20s. We're beating Dublin comprehensively at minor level. I've said this a few weeks ago as well, but whatever is happening between... And Anthony Moyle spoke about this, and I thought he spoke rather really, really well about it, that when when Mead, when the Mead lads are finished playing minor, they go back to their clubs. And if you're not involved in a top senior club, you're not going to have the proper strength and conditioning, training, etc., to to just stay... To, to do what you have to do, essentially, between minor and 20s. Whereas the Dublin guys who are finished minor, they're going into these development squads. And, you know, you'll be aware they're going on in Cavan as well. It's not just Dublin that this is happening. Um, 
and, and they're staying in the system. Do you know what I mean? So that when they come yeah. to 20s, they're a completely different animal and completely different proposition. And I think that's where we're falling down. It's the same group of players, Mickey, but yeah. it's within a year and a half, we're, we're clearly we're falling down someplace. That needs to be sorted. Not having a manager at this stage as well, like we're in the first week of January at this stage, the competition is penciled in, I think, for March, April time. Um, th- that's a mistake, I think, that probably was made last year as well. Jur, I think, was only appointed maybe the week or two before Christmas and then the championship was in, I think, the end of January, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, end of January, start of February. So, that's something that needs to be done ASAP and I'd be disappointed if it's not done, you know, in, in the next week or two because I, I think we're already behind as it is. Um, you'd only have to ask Damien Donahue from our sister podcast and yeah. probably tell you all about it. But that's, that is an Instagram question actually later on, so we'll come to that. <laughs> no problem at all. We'll move on to Hurling and, uh, of course, the seniors were in the Joe McDonough Cup and uh, they consolidated themselves in the league. The minor hurlers lost in the Padre Lahan um, uh, final and just that elusive cup, Just, uh, just they just see, can't seem to get their hands on it. We'll stick with the seniors first, David. Yeah, it was it was an odd year um, because I suppose in the league uh, stability was always going to be the aim. They, they won the two games they were expected to, to win. They made hard work of it. But in fairness, on both occasions, both of the games were in Navin and they were part of a double header with the footballers. And for, for what what was interesting for me is when the football crowd came in towards the end of the hurling game, they got behind them and they got them over the line on both occasions against Mayo and Wicklow. And uh, ultimately, that's what preserved their status. It, it was a difficult enough division to be in. Like, we played Kerry, we played Offaly, who, um, who were only a Christy Ring side, but they're, they're obviously a very strong side. And uh, a team like Offaly shouldn't be playing Christy Ring, but they're still there, as it turns out. But as we see, Kerry went on to, to get to the Joe McDonough final, and, and there was a couple of other strong outfits in it as well. Um, the break, again, it probably... You can, you can take whichever side of it you want, but it probably wasn't ideal for Mead. And coming back into it, it was always going to be a difficult proposition going into a Joe McDonough and you know traveling to the to places like Kerry and Carlo and then having home games against Antrim and Westmead. They're really top sides, those, you know. And uh, Westmead played Division One in the league and had an awful championship. Whereas, you know, Antrim and Kerry just kicked on, they ended up getting to the final. Carlo, we all know, are a really good side. And Neither were a bit unlucky, you know. You, you looked to, in particular, you looked to that Carlo game and, and the Westmead game in Navin as well. I think had Jack Regan not been sent off, I think we probably would have went on to win that game. And that would have been a major boost, you know, to beat a team like Westmead on your home patch. Although there was nothing really at stake for e- either side, mm-hmm. I think just the local bragging rights and the confidence that that would have given the lads would have been massive. And then we took a little bit of a beating uh, against Antrim in the last round, t- probably to be expected. They were going into a final. Mead were off the back of that disappointing. Um, conclusion to the game against Westmead so that's to be expected but but look and hopefully they kick on I'd like to think Nick Weir will probably stay on for another year haven't heard anything um, but I was impressed with him uh, and he you know a very nice fella to talk to after games and passionate about Mead hurling which is great as well so hopefully Nick gets a bit of time because I think this or sorry last year it's it's very difficult to judge a side on it yeah yeah absolutely and then the minor hurlers um, again the paddle of hand Final losing out to a last minute goal or last gas goal, um, just heartbreak for them. Yeah, you're hard to go out to them, and and you know I was over. We met them. We did a sponsors night uh, before the Padre Lahan. It was actually probably three or four months ago now, and 
when they were getting their gear and stuff. And, you know, lovely group of lads and, and Sean Callahan there as manager, you know, a gentleman. Um, and just so disappointed with them because by all accounts, I think they were the best team in it and probably have been for a couple of years now, Mickey. Um, but but they have bright futures ahead of them. And that's what Sean said in his post-match thoughts after the game too, like that these lads are going to have better days ahead of them. And, you know, we've spoken about it in length. We probably need a little bit of influx of youth for the seniors. And mm-hmm. this is essentially the future. Fair enough, they're not going to taste success. But they'll learn so much more from a defeat like that than they probably will had they been on the right side of it. I know that's hard to take and everything like that. But, you know, they'll, they'll get over it and they'll have better days, I'm sure. Yeah, using every cliche in the group there, Davy Rispin. Davy, moving on now, sticking with the uh, hurls, um, uh, the Camogues losing out in an All Ireland semi final. Um, disappointing year for them, um, having coming down from uh, senior. Yeah, this was the polar opposite of probably what you could say about the Mead hurlers. They were flying in the early part of the year, you know, in the league. They were undefeated. They were going into a league semi final or final. It wasn't even determined what it'd be. But the Rinnish, they were playing well, they were playing with a confidence, new management come in, new ideas. Everything was rosy in the garden. And uh, again, just went into that, you know, lockdown and probably lost that bit of momentum and confidence that they had. And they struggled to rekindle it after the break, um, which was disappointed. They fell over the line down in, in Leaks Law against Kerry, um, a game that had been expected to win quite comfortably. Uh, but difficult conditions, obviously. And then after that, you know, Came up unstuck against a couple of northern teams, and um, it, it was a, it was a tricky one. Hard to really gauge. Like I seen a bit of them, and um, they're they're better than they showed. Do you know what? Like they're they're a team that are coming down from senior. They played Division One as well in recent years too, and they'll have aspirations to go back up. The most disappointing aspect of it all is that despite getting to a league final, they're actually back in the Division Two of the league now. You know, so they don't go up unfortunately and they have to play their trade there again and I just feel had they gone into this year going in yeah going into this year had they had the opportunity to play Division 1 Camogie at the start of the year it would probably give them a better gauge for how they could go in championship considering they'd be playing better teams and top teams I suppose but um, look they're already putting out their best laid plans uh, Brendan Skihan's you know there for another year on that as well which is good and, and solidarity and everything like that. So fingers crossed they'll kick on and a couple of new additions um, as well to that panel and you could see them challenging again, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And we wish them all the very best luck. But it was, uh, I suppose there was one team that uh, stole and won the hearts of every Mead person uh, this year. And it was only a couple of weeks ago, Davey Rispin, when our ladies went up to Crow Park for the third year in a row in the intermediate final and put in an unbelievable performance to beat our neighbours and recently relegated Westmead in the All-Ireland Intermediate Final and find themselves back at the top table. And, you know, they just went about their business so well this year um, and they're a credit to everybody involved in the LGFA in Mead. Oh, absolutely, Mickey. And it would have been so easy for them after that disastrous start, you know, conceding three goals in the first 10 or 15 minutes. To, to pack it in and say, no, not our year again and everything like that. And particularly when you're coming up against the side with, I suppose, the experience, as you say, with Westmead, but the guile and class that they possessed as well, you have to remember. And it, was, it contributed to a superb game of football um, only a week before Christmas. But they were always the better side, but you were thinking to yourself, Jesus, are they ever going to get a break here and maybe get on top? And 
I suppose the massive moment that you'd have to point is that goal from Vicky Wall, you know, in, in the first half. And it was one or two in the first half for Mead, but everything about it just screamed to me that Mead are ready for this now. And Vicky Wall just grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and she took on three or four players and she rifled the ball into the top corner with her right foot. And um, after losing her sister, Sarah, to, to a really bad knee injury and everything like that, she obviously had the added incentive, but she was ably assisted by a number of other players who, who were just superb on the day. They've been knocking on the door for three years now, Mickey, and it must be so, I suppose, frustrating and, and infuriating when you have to come back year on year getting to the same stage. And I'm sure the nerves going, fair enough, they played in three finals and all in Crow Park, but the, the duress that they must have been under going into that final, into the first 10 or 15 minutes, must have been extreme, but they came out and they showed all of their class. Um, and they were thoroughly deserving of their title in the end, and uh, they can look forward to senior football for 2021. Yeah, and and back at the top table where you know they they relegated themselves. They asked to be relegated a few years ago, and obviously you didn't think it would have taken this long to come back up. But you know, for everybody involved, um, you know, for Murray the manager, you know, he he's been there so long, and then even the hard work that the likes of Fergal Lynch is doing at minor level. He's brought on a lot of girls into that uh, uh, senior squad um, and just given them that extra cushion, that extra bit of depth to the panel and, and some fabulous footballers he's, he's bringing through at minor level as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's not to compare it, but you see the progression and the continuation from, say, minor to senior with the ladies. And you'd nearly say if the lads could take a leaf out of their book could do something similar, we could be well set because I think 16 of the 32 have come through that particular minor system in the last number of years. And looking at the, the age profiles in, in the respective teams in the final, it, it was easy to see. And they were the girls that were driving me on. You look at Emma Duggan, you look at Avian Cleary, um, you know, uh, Orla Lally. There's a number of them, Megan Tyne. They've been the ones who've been pushing me on now for the last couple of years. And there's some of the younger, I suppose, recruits in it. But you have that, I suppose, experience like splattered or dashed all over the pitch in Monica McGurk, Myro Shocknessy, Sean Ennis, uh, Nevo Sullivan. Like there's there's a beautiful blend between them and it's just working a treat. And um, Eamon Murray, as you said, Mickey, he's been there for so many years now in minor and senior capacity in that as well. And you'd, hard, you'd find it hard not to be delighted for him at the end of it too because he puts in so much effort and time into it. Um, but they're going to relish the opportunity and, um, you know, they're going to be straight into a Leinster final as well. You, you do forget against Dublin. Yeah, yeah, which is going to be absolutely brilliant. Two teams, two senior teams in Leinster, which means that there will be a Leinster Championship in the ladies uh, Gaelic football next year, which is absolutely, or this year, as we say, 2021, which is absolutely brilliant. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O.R. Coyne and Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Mead or call us on 046 um, Davey, then just looking back at the club scene, um, looking at it, um, 
Junior won by Beliver, intermediate won by Ballinabracky, and the senior won by Rakote. And uh, three three really good championships. I think I think everybody loved the fact that it was it was do or die from day one nearly. Absolutely, Mickey. You brought a, a huge novelty to the championship, um, something that we haven't been used to, and um, very few dead rubbers. I mean, in, in recent years, when it gets to round five or round six, I think it is it, normally everything is kind of sewn up by that stage. There's very little to play for. But the way it worked out, like you had a huge amount of crunch games just off the top of my head, Believer and Karen Ross last round of the group winner goes through, Simon Sennon or Toth. And winner to go through Nafina and Dunham Rashburn, it was the exact same. Uh, there was there was a couple of others. I know Balnabracky and Delique Bellustown didn't play against each other, but they were kind of going against each other in respective games. It was just brilliant to see and uh, brought a real freshness to it. Obviously, no quarterfinals. That's that's something that I do like quarterfinal weekend, um, you know, in, in the championship, but just time didn't allow, unfortunately, for it this year. And um, we'll probably see that back maybe next year. Um, but the, and again, the semi-finals were all really well contested. The only championship that you'd have to say that was comprehensively won in the end was by Beliver and Junior. Yeah. The intermediate with Balnebracky win it went down to the last kick. We only discussed it last week, and obviously we know what happened in the senior game with Rototh and Gil Column Kill too. There were two of the most dramatic and um, thoroughly entertaining games you're ever likely to see. And to the best of my knowledge, it's a long time since we've had finals like that. Fair enough, we've had close finals. But nothing with the excitement that those two finals produced. Yeah, yeah, it was it was top quality, and it, you know your surprise package would probably have to you'd have to say Balnebracky <clears throat> to an extent. Um, but we know that their credentials, we know that they're playing Division One football, and you know it's it's not that um, you know that that, that they were a huge surprise. But I suppose getting over Trim, who who were in the final last year and stuff like that, was probably uh, what makes them a surprise package. Exactly. Like you could you could point at other teams who maybe fell short in semi-finals or finals, but you've nailed it. For a team that hasn't really won anything, getting over the line is just so hard to do. I'm not gonna talk about it too much because I don't really want to but if you look at the darts final between Price and Anderson <laughs> you look at Gerwin Price having to hit the match win in double Mickey it took him something like 12 or 13 darts when you get into that position it is so hard to get over the line and Balnebracky got into that position and nearly made a balls of it you know you have to say because of the way Trim nearly equalised or, or nearly equalised but then nearly won the game with the next shot straight after that and it just made for the most incredible ending to a game you're ever likely to see and I'm delighted for Balnebracky because I know they get some stick from, you know, different sides of the county, but they are mo- some of the most passionate people and some of the most which, passionate... Which county? <laughs> <In Canada. laughs> um, no, but like, they are, and, and uh, they just get on with it, you know what I mean? They're, they're stuck in that corner and made, which don't, don't try and tell them otherwise, and uh, we've had great crack with them, you know, on the podcast yeah. throughout the year. We've really enjoyed following them and being a part of it ourselves, and um, looking forward to seeing them in senior football. It's just a great prospect. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely brilliant to see them playing in the senior championship, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. David, the leagues, they didn't, um, they didn't, they started, and then they were uh, changed, and then they were, you know, uh, they were broken down into little groups, and in the end, you know, there were more more challenge games than anything else. So it'll be good to see the All-County Football League getting back up and running again this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. We put everything into the league last year. Unfortunately, it didn't get finished. We were two wins from two, and then we just ran out of steam in the championship, Mickey. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, like, exactly as you say, the leagues are probably played with the idea given you know, clubs a couple of games before uh, going into a county championship. And um, unfortunately, they just weren't finished, but there's nothing riding on them. So there, there was never going to be promotion and relegation in that. So there was probably no real incentive to finish them. I'd imagine the county board would like to finish out, out the cup competitions, which I think were in semi-final, final stage. Um, and obviously the, the senior hurling championship as well. And, and yes. the hurling finals that there was to be played too. They're, they're of paramount importance when we do eventually get back up and running. But, but I think the season is going to be clearly defined again. And they're probably going to stick with the blueprint that they went with last year, which never really got off the ground, unfortunately, because COVID. But you're going to be playing league from, say, uh, end of February, start of March time, ideally, right through to maybe the start of July with the view to championship kicking off at the last week of July. And I think that's great because club players know exactly when they're going to be out when they can go on holidays, when they can miss a game, you know, whatever it is, they can actually plan their year around it, which is something that we haven't had the luxury of doing for the last number of years. Yeah, absolutely. But you, you always made time for the Galway races, Davy, no matter what. Um, <laughs> Davy, uh, just moving on now, um, just on the county scene as well, few retirements this year, obviously, Mickey Newman due to injury, but does hope to be able to come back from his most recent uh, surgery and uh, and push again for a place on the senior team, but did retire during the year from the county team. And then over the weekend, we had Sean Tobin, long-serving um, uh, uh, player for Meath. He announced his county retirement. And then uh, just today as well, Graham Riley, or Biggie as he's uh, fondly known, um, announced his retirement from, from, from county football. And obviously wasn't part of the panel this year, but obviously won't be making himself available for the county panel now again. Yeah, it, it is that time of year, Mickey, isn't it? Like, and it's not just me. There's a number of other ones I've been reading about. Ones from Kerry and Mayo and Wicklow in the last few days as well. Um, Rory Finn, David Clark, and and a couple of others too. But um, I suppose with the most recent one, Sean Tobin, who was actually part of the panel, you know, throughout the course of the year. Um, stepping aside, you know, from your own Simonstown Gales. And I know firsthand from talking to um, a number of the players who are actually involved, Mickey, the influence that that man has, whether he's involved or not involved, is just huge. And he's he's driving the whole thing on and training. He might not always be part of the 26, but, but he will always be there and he'll give you everything he has. And I think particularly for the young players, I know from talking to Mickey Newman and even a couple of the young players themselves, Sean Tobin will be one of the names that would be coming straight off the, the patch as to how good he is. And I know you've probably seen it firsthand in Simonstown as well, but he'll be a big loss. Uh, he's given a great service between senior, minor, underage, whatever. And um, I suppose it has to come down to what do you want more? Do you want to be part of the Mead panel and maybe not play? Or do you want to play for Simonstown, play every game? At this stage of his career, he just needs to play football. And I think for him, that's the right decision because he'd be obviously back with Simon's then he'll be delighted to have him for the for the whole year instead of just a, a couple of months a year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and, and he is, he's a top quality player and he, he's matured so much down through the years. And, you know, he, he always had, he always had it up here between the years. Like, there's no doubt about that. And he is one of those infectious characters in, in, in a dressing room who, who, who just wants the best for, for, for the team. And, you know, sometimes he 
his passion, you, you see that in his passion. And he, he was annoyed every time he did not start for me. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's because if he doesn't feel bad not starting, well, then he shouldn't be there, you know, that kind of way. And But he'd never let it, you know, um, affect how he was with the panel and stuff like that. And he's just one of those players. And I've seen it myself firsthand, as you said, in Simonstown. And over the years, he's grown and he, start, he knows that he needs to bring in the younger players and, you know, nourish them and, and, and teach them and show them the way. And yeah, Look, Sean is... Fabulous, fabulous lad, and 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 um, I, I thought I thought he was over the last few years, maybe up until this year, he was a real super sub for me. Every time he came on, he'd get a couple of points, and and, and more often than not, he'd get a goal. Um, uh, and I think I think he could have grown into that position as the super sub coming on with 15, 20 minutes to go. But look, it's uh, it is what it is. Sean is retired, and Simon's going to only be too delighted. Mm. to have him for the full year, as you said as well. That's uh, providing he doesn't go off to New York now or something, or Boston or Chicago or something for the summer. But uh, we do wish him the very best luck, and thanks for all the memories, Sean Tobin. Um, Davey, um, that's kind of all of that stuff. We'll move on to the lotto roundup. Um, again, I, I, I did see as well, I got a few emails, that there are a few clubs that are postponing their um, lotto until February uh, due to the new restrictions again, the, the, um, the new lockdown. So um, again, if there are any clubs out there that are, just let us know if you're if you're um, postponing or, or freezing your lotto for the time being and we'll let all the listeners know. Unfortunately, we didn't pause our lotto, Mickey, and it was one the other night. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll come to that in a, in a couple of minutes. The first one I have up that is still currently active is in Column Kills. Their jackpot is €3,400 and it takes place every Tuesday night. Then Shocklin and Royal Gales, there was no jackpot winner uh, last time out, but they had five, uh, uh, five, uh, sorry, had five match three winners uh, collected 40 quid each. Uh, their next draw mm-hmm. takes place on January the 4th, which is tonight. How many match three winners was it? Five. <laughs> I was trying to read it uh, Andy Smith is the name for this by the way uh, their, their next jackpot takes place tonight at half eight live on Facebook um, and next week's jackpot is 13,000 they have a reserve built up of 6,600 200 is added into that every single week um, and Alvi are cracking on with theirs too theirs is at 10,000 they also have a reserve of 3,300 which is built up and that takes place every Monday night uh, Black Hole Gales, 3,800. Their next one takes place next Monday, the 11th of January. 3,800. Theirs takes place every second week. There is a number of ones uh, halt, are currently halted, as you said, Mickey. Um, Minolte being, I suppose, the most notable of them because their jackpot at the moment is stuck on 15,000. Wow, what, what a jackpot Ooh. that is. Um, but they've made the decision to pause theirs until further developments. Um Next one up, and it could be the last one that I have, is my own Corton, which was won last night. Not last night, sorry. Was Saturday it us, Davey? Was it us? It wasn't. Was it, us? it wasn't, Mickey. It was what Justin was the Riley. Uh, the numbers, uh, God, I can't even remember off the top of my head, but he did them. So our lotto closes on the night at 9 o'clock, and our lotto takes place at 10. He actually went and did his numbers at 5 to 9. He was the last one in to do the lotto when he was the first one out. 
He oh, ran upstairs brilliant. to get the wallet, uh, the wallet to do the lotto, and he only won the Drabara one two years ago, and it, that was thirteen thousand at the time. So what a scoop for Justy, nine thousand three hundred. Uh, our next jackpot takes place Friday night, and it's five thousand. It's a ballsy call by the court town committee, uh, rising it up to five thousand. We're not starting at one thousand. We're saying. We'll take on the big dogs again. So uh, <laughs> for everybody looking to play, don't worry. It's still a tasty jackpot this Friday night. But that's all I have. Normally, Mickey, we'd be inundated with them. But unfortunately, that's all that I think are currently live at the moment. Okay, fair play. Well, that is uh, a good update on the lottos. And, and, and hopefully, we'll be bringing you the news that myself and Davey Rispin have won one of those lottos fairly soon. Because, you know, at this stage, we've been doing them that long, Davey. That we have to. We have to. It's only, it's only a matter of time. Um, Davey, before we go on to Instagram Interactive, I just want to let our listeners know of our Loyal Royals podcast this week. Um, it is going to be the Mead GA Club Power Rankings, and uh, it's going to be with uh, Owen Sheehan, and that's Davey, aka Davey Rispin. And uh, I will be the man questioning Davey Rispin about his power rankings, I will be the Jerry Gilroy. Um, of the of the show, and we might even just you know get a get a tweet or get a, get a message from Tommy Rooney just to just to add to it because of course we are stealing the idea from off the ball and uh, Owen Sheehan and Jerry Gilroy do have great weekly chats about the power rankings. Now obviously our power rankings won't won't change, Davy, until the the league or or, or the, the 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 cups start. But uh, at least we have them out there and people will be able to abuse you for the next number of weeks until the league or whatever starts and, uh, and we'll keep our power rankings going. But uh, yeah, it's going to be something we're going to do on a maybe bi-weekly or tri-weekly uh, uh, cycle. And um, yeah, it'll be a bit of crack, Davey. Yeah, well, it's been a huge bone of contention with me and you, Mickey, looking yeah. at these power rankings throughout the course of the year. And I think not just us, nearly every mead person in general who has an interest in it. So we've said, do you know what? Why don't we be Owen Sheehan and Jared Gilroy for a couple of weeks and see how it feels? Um, I'm braced for the abuse I'm going to get from you first and foremost because you're going to be the one that's able to dish out straight away. And then the other people can kick in then. But um, it's just something. And it, basically by doing it now, it gives people a guide for where everybody is at the start of the year. Um, and then it'll kick in probably around March, same when, as you say, when football really starts in earnest. Yeah, and every couple of weeks we'll be updating it then, and Davey will be giving us his uh, updated um, uh, Mead GA Club power rankings. I think it's going to be great crack. I know that. I, I, I probably can guess already that Davey, that up near the top, are, are you ballsy enough to put Cortown up in the top 10 and then put St. Dalton's in the bottom two? Are you ballsy enough to do that? <laughs> uh, no, to be, uh, no. They'll have to listen in. They'll have to listen in. They'll have to listen in. But uh, yeah, the power rankings coming to you very, very soon on the Lion Royals podcast. David, we'll move on now to our Instagram interactive. And um, I'm sure you've got a few bits of Instagram over the last number or the last two weeks since our last podcast. Yeah, there's been a good bit, Mickey. The people have enjoyed the Christmas break, obviously, and they're back out in force. And one of our, our, um, Stalwarts of Instagram Interactive, Peter Duffy, says Gurren Price is the Dumboyne of darts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, eventually. Um, 
Yeah, look, Peter Duffy, where was he for the quiz? That's what I want to know. Um, I'm just glad that he's alive. I'm just glad that we heard from him because we didn't hear from him at the quiz. I think he was probably afraid of going into the quiz and, and, and coming last or something like that. Yeah, or being embarrassed by jelly, I'd say, one or the other. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, losing out to jelly. Again. Uh, Carl Gibney is next up, and he says, Alan Moore tested positive for being the goat of St. Bridget's. Oh, they're doing them tests at the, at the moment over there. So you, you can get a COVID test and a goat test over there. So you can. There's, there's a lot of goats out in Ballinacree, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask how you know. <laughs> Alan Moore, the man himself, says Anderson shit in the bed. Yeah, look, uh, Gary Anderson. Just he, he just didn't seem. It was like Price got into his head or something. It was it was it was hard to watch. So it was. It was, it was. Um, Stephen Trapp says, Sean Tobin joining Mickey Hart's backroom team with Loud. <laughs> well, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know the connection between Mickey Hart and Sean Tobin either. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I'd prefer to see Sean concentrating on Simonson and not on Loud football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jelly is back in himself and he says, has Peter Duffy got a lifetime ban from Tinder three days into 2021? <laughs> we won't even ask how or why um, that has happened. Just, I, I just can't wait to let his father know that he's on Tinder. <laughs> it's better than being on other things. <laughs> it could be worse. Well, look, uh, when I'm telling his father, I'm going to tell him it's grinder. <laughs> uh, Jake McCredden says young lads making the breakthrough uh, into senior football yeah we spoke about that a little bit earlier on and, um, I, I don't know whether he's on about club or if he's on about um, the meet senior team but I was really happy with the way that the younger players performed this year the, the new boys if you want to call them that on the meet senior team and then as we said like Scully in that Leinster final a few of the while the game was dead and buried, there was a few players that, you know, never give up. And it seemed to be the younger lads, the likes of your Jordan Morris's, the likes of your Matthew Costello's and the likes of your Scully's. So that bodes well for the future. And then there are a lot of good young footballers coming into the club scene as well from minor, from last year's minors coming in to play senior with the clubs this year. So it'll be very interesting to see. Don't let winter take hold of your garden. Blow away those pesky leaves with Husqvarna blowers and keep that lawn in tip-top shape all year with Husqvarna Automower. Don't stop there. The neighbours are now looking. Keep those hedges low with a Husqvarna hedge trimmer. Watch your neighbours turn green with envy as you keep your garden looking immaculate all year round. P.O.R. Coyne and Sons, your local Husqvarna dealer, have the full Husqvarna range of garden products. Visit us in-store at Clonard County Mead or call us on... 046-955-1910 Paddy Short, he says When might we see a ball being kicked again? Is there solid National Football League fixtures? I'll actually come to the first or sorry, the second point of that because there is we've been it's been split up so the National Leagues as people may have seen in the last couple of weeks are going to be split into sort of regional leagues so obviously we're in Division 2 we're in Division 2 North and there is Division 2 South but Division 2 North is going to comprise of Mead, Mayo, Down and West Mead. And our fixtures are as follows. On the 27th of February, we will be away to Mayo in Castlebar and McHale Park at 7 o'clock. So that's obviously a Saturday night. 
Uh, and then we'll have two home games. The first one coming on the 8th of March at home to Down in Park Tolton at half two. And the second one is a week later at home to Westmead in Park Tolton at one o'clock on the Sunday. So, yeah, it, it's still very much up in the air, but that's what the GA have planned initially anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, at least we have fixtures and elite sports will be going ahead. For um, We're led to believe that so far anyway. Niall Flynn asked, what are the best teams to watch at each grade in Mead? Oh, there's one now that we never thought of. Um, uh, I suppose, like, at senior level, I think that Kells, you know, you have to... They just bring something to every game. Um, and I think that, you know, when, when you think about the, 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 the likes of your Atotes or your... Um, Simon Soons or the Boynes or Summer Hills um, you know depending on whether it's Championship League or Fesh Cup you don't know what you're going to get with them whereas with Kells you know what you're getting Gail Collum kill Kells every time you know what you're getting with them um, then in intermediate I suppose I do I do like watching Trim um, because again You've got some wonderful, wonderful footballers in there, and then in junior level, um, I'd have to say I love watching Carton. I love watching the left-footed maestro or wearing the number thirteen jersey every time, just putting on a show. You know what I mean, Davey Wilson? What's the other color for? Horror then? show sometimes, Mickey. <laughs> What's the other color for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Like Junior's Junior's interesting. Niall probably wants us to say Dunsany. Um well, and the, yeah, Dunsany. they're decent yeah. to watch. Yeah. Uh, they are they are decent to watch. Obviously, Beliver were fantastic to watch this year. You know, there was there was nobody touching them. Um they were they were really good value for their win. Uh Karen Ross on the main, I was disappointed with them against um against Beliver, but generally speaking, they are a nice team to watch. Um, and obviously Boards Mill who went out this year and just played football you know they just went out and had a cut at it they didn't get the results but they turned in some incredible performances some really high scoring games with top teams and there's obviously going to be plenty more to come from them so um, they'd be probably my uh, couple of teams in junior to, to keep an eye on Yeah just on Dunsany like they scored 103 points in four games um, in the championship and I don't think I think the closest to them over all three championships was 69. Now, again, albeit they were with St. Mary's and Drumcondrath and Kilbride in their group, as in um, Drumcondrath. Were they three newly promoted teams? Yeah, three junior yeah. B teams. Yeah. Three, three junior B teams. Um, so that maybe skews it a little bit. But again, when you've got the wily old Fox playing and he scores 4-12, you know, it does make them an exciting team to watch as well. Yeah, it's a hard one to call, you know, who, who, who'd be the best in each division. Yeah, Simon Finn is next and he said, how's the championship going to be played? Um, I think we're going to have to do a virtual championship again this year, Davey. <laughs> we'll do the draw. It worked well last time, actually. It worked yeah. well, is right. Yeah, yeah, no, you said it. Um, the only thing is that the result of it was not the same as the real one. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I think they are reverting back to the way they were. The type, yeah. The, yeah, the, the, reverting back to type. Wasn't it going to be four groups of four anyway? 
um, in, in the senior championship yeah, this year. It, yeah. it is. It's 16. Yeah, exactly. And I think the hope would be to have quarterfinals uh, back, yeah. obviously. The semifinals was just a once-off in that too. So I think I think it'll be fairly straightforward in that respect. Um, Sam Victory said, who from your senior team of the year would make it onto the Mead panel? And I just have our senior team of the year open in front of me now, Mickey. Um, and there is there is a couple of players who we believe are probably... Well, obviously, we know Conor McGill is on the team. He's he's full back. But there's probably a couple of other players maybe hovering around. And Bryony McMahon, obviously, is, is in the Mead panel too, one of the more established players. But I suppose looking at the forwards, if you take out Bino Hanlon, if you're going to say he's, he's, he's maybe too old or whatever you'd still point to the likes of Matamo and you'd have to say Martin Barrett might be a little bit long in the tooth as well at this stage, but you'd have to point to the likes of Seamus Matamo, Jack Flynn and Dahi McGowan. Jamie Queenie's been there, he's done it. Um, ben McGowan will be definitely one and the whole half-back line, Mickey, Fionn Riley, Oshie McCluskey and Johnny Lavelle. Yeah. You'd have to be staking a claim for those and even the two cornerbacks, they're two young guys who have performed exceptionally well for their clubs in Ben Weir and, and Jordan Muldoon. Jordan Muldoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just yeah, just no, Carrie Lynch, is, you know, he's, he's been a good keeper in that. But yeah, he's I'm one for sure the future, though. He's one for the future. <laughs> <laughs> and and, he, and like he was in there as well. You do forget he was in there about ten or twelve years ago. So um, there's there's probably plenty of potential from that team. Uh, would you send that on to Andy, Mickey, or? I don't think I'm brave enough to send it on to him. Maybe you. Don't worry, Andy has seen this already. Um, (laughs) No, but like, there are. There are a couple. There there are definitely, I'd say, four, if not five from that, that will be pushing for um, a call-up. In particular, uh, McGowan, the two McGowans, Jack Flynn, um, your half-back line, and maybe your two cornerbacks. That's bringing it up to about seven. So it is. So it'll be interesting to see if they are willing to go in and put in the effort with a mid team. So um, yeah, I do. I I I think that team would actually give a mid team a good run. That'd be an interesting one. All right. Um, next one is from Deck F Dunn, and he just said price is in our bed. Yeah. Well, he said it all. There's no need to say anymore. Um, yeah, as we said, it was tough to watch and it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't the person that we'd like to see win. Peter Skelly, uh, another one of the Bridget's contingent, said, or he asked, is there enough quality there to get Meath back to Division 1? And as is the case with most open-ended questions, we, we have done a poll, Mickey, um, just to see what the listeners think and, and if there is um, enough in this squad and... 171 people, which equates to 61% said there is, and 112 people, or 39%, said there's not. So, yeah, decent result there. Yeah, um, I'm surprised it was, it was, it was only 60%. Um, I, 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 there's, definitely, there's definitely enough talent within the county to get us back up to uh, Division 1. Um, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Carpenter uh, uh, said Ollie Lynch trying to join the Mead backroom team so he can get his son Aaron into it. Oh, <laughs> I don't think Aaron Lynch needs uh, anybody to um, uh, to get into a back to the, to the, to the backroom team. I think uh, he's well able himself to uh, make him, make his way in onto that panel. Um, That's for sure. 
I don't think he needs favours from anyone. No, absolutely. Dermot McCabe, whose dad, uh, Declan, has recently been appointed Maynooth manager, you might have seen as well, former Summerhill manager. He's uh-huh. just popping over the road to Maynooth next year. Uh, he asked, is Gavin McVan getting a mullet and he drops 13-yard free short? <laughs> that, that, that's just, a, Gav. That's that's just, just a, little, a little, little bit of added extra. Yeah, yeah this is the bonus. By the way, he, he drops 13 yards free. Yeah, I've done it myself. Um, uh, what the freezer, the mullet? Uh, both actually, would you believe I've had the mullet oh. and I've dropped 13 meter. I actually, don't know which is no, 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 no. I lie, I never dropped one short, but I have put a couple of wide in my, in my lifetime. Um, give me a free from 60 yards, and I probably am more accurate <laughs> than I am from a 13 yard free. Um, as for mullets, yeah. mullets seem to look, um, was it Dermot? Was it Dermot? Dearmage, go back to go back to your dad's county there, Cavan, and see the amount of mullets that were on show in the intermediate, junior, and senior championship this year. Absolutely incredible, Dearmage. Um, that, that's probably because they aren't they wouldn't pay for a haircut though, Mickey. No, no, but sure, a mullet is a is a haircut. You have to get the front cut uh, to a certain level and let the back grow. It's 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 a very sorry, maybe to save money then on the length of the haircut. Yeah, or you, you just yeah it's, it's a half a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matty Rickard says Tonka bought an A5 Tonka is of course David Keneally from uh, Beliver and I just said that's how junior champions roll Mickey yeah yeah absolutely that is that is the the car of choice in Beliver I believe Simon O'Keefe just said me minors me, me minor hurlers against down which we've already really spoken yeah, about yeah we've gone through that yeah it was look Last last puck of the game, right at the end, and that goal um, after going ahead by a point with the sideline cut as well. It just yeah, look, they, they, they've suffered enough. <laughs> we won't keep going on about it. It was heartbreaking stuff. Adam McDermott, uh, sorry, Adam McDonald uh, says Manalvi seniors preseason consists of Zoom calls to see who can down a pint the quickest. <laughs> At least they're doing a pre-season. I don't know. I don't know if Simonson or any of the other clubs have already started a pre-season. At least there's a bit of weightlifting in that. So there is. Well, apparently Sean Duggan is the captain, and he's favourite to go on and lift ah, the uh, go on, Phillips. Some boy definitely fill the cup. He would. Sarah McDermott says the Mead ladies first year as senior challenges they will face. Yeah, well, like the the, the, the the first challenge is Leinster final in Dublin. Um, the All-Ireland champions. The All-Ireland champions, you know what I mean? Like, so, which is beautiful. It, it's the intermediate, uh, uh, current intermediate uh, champions against the senior champions um, in the first round of the, of the championship, which is brilliant. And then, obviously, um, if they win that, they get an easier grade or whatever going into the final part of the championship. And I'm not sure how it all works out after that. If it's done in groups or what, um, but yeah, that's that's going to be their first taste, and they'll know an awful lot where, about where they stand after that game. Look, I've no doubt that they're good enough to be up there, um, and they will definitely compete with a lot of the the teams in senior championship. So this year is about maybe consolidating. There's a lot of youth uh, coming through, a lot of good underage talented footballers coming through in the next couple of years seeing that at minor level or whatever and they were the backbone of the team this year and 
and, and of the panel. There was even some minors of this year's panel, or some uh, players from this year's minor panel that were in there on uh, backbone in that uh, senior panel. So yeah, like there's, I think that big game against Dublin and then just consolidating themselves as a senior team, um, they'll be well fit for a lot of the teams in senior championship. To should be, yeah. Uh, Evan Tobin is next and he said the quality of junior football in the county this year at all grades. At all grades of junior football. Um, is, is he on about the, the reserve junior and stuff like that? But look... Um, yeah, I, was, I assume maybe the Premier Championships. Maybe the Premier Championships or whatever. But there was there was some really good high standards of games in the Premier uh, Championships this year. I know that Trim had a very, very strong team that beat Simonstown. Um, obviously, Ballinabracky, I think they beat Rathout, wasn't it, in their, in their uh, Premier Final as well. And then the Junior Championship itself was was of a, was of a really good standard. Um, and I think this this whole thing of, as we said, it was practically knockout from day one, so teams just went gung home. That they did. Uh, next one is from Flash Gordon, and it's sort of a follow-on from that. He says, let the second teams back into the junior. Yeah, I, 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 I can see what he... I, I don't. What, what do you think, Davy? I just think it's. I, yeah, it's, it's tough. See, see, the the problem is, and I know they've sort of tried doing this for for a couple of years, is by putting all the second teams into the to the one group, one group. and then, yeah, but they still could come out of it really strong. And the whole argument is, if a first team is struggling, and I've seen this firsthand, and I've come up against like a Dubai yeah, team yeah. in twenty fourteen in the final, that their, their first team were knocked out earlier on. So they held on to players that they would have used otherwise. And this is the danger. And then we only discussed it in the Navin O'Mahony's best 10 there last week, how strong their second team was in the first and second rounds of junior championship coming up against the first team. And by the end of it, they're completely depleted. Do you know what I mean? And it's nearly not fair to the team that has to go out and play them in the first round versus the team that plays them in the fifth round. Yeah, And I can understand it. And from a player that would be you know directly involved in a first team, there's nothing worse. So I could I could see both sides to it. I mean, like Flash is thinking of it as, as himself. If he's playing, he wants to obviously play as high a grade as possible. And no matter what way they paint it up or dress it up, like the Premier Championship just isn't the same for them. And I get that. But but there is, yeah, it, it's, it's a very tough one. At the minute, I, I'd be still in favour of the all first team Junior A Championship with 16 teams. That'd be just my my own. Yeah, and the only way you could do it is that if you named your second panel and that none of them were allowed to, or you had to name your first team panel. Yeah. And that they had to, and it was a panel of like 25 or something like that. And that the next 25 were your junior panel and that they weren't allowed unless there was injuries or something like that. But it's very hard to police something like that. I see what he's saying and I agree with him on that as well. But you have to be fair to the, to the, to the first teams. Like, for instance, had you played, we'll say, uh, Dumboyne's second team in the first round of that tr- championship in 2014, 2014, 2013? We, we actually, funny, we played Summerhill's uh, second team in the first round that year and we, we scraped a draw over yeah. John Newman Park and we were fortunate to do so. It was an had you lost, strong summer. Yeah. Had you lost, you probably wouldn't have gone through to the knockout stages, but Summerhill would have been depleted as they went along and didn't make it that far. So it's, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a tough one. 
Yeah, uh, Eddie Kirby, uh, junior championship winning goalkeeper with Believer this year. He says the missing stock and filler of the county yearbook, which, my God, it, I definitely wasn't in my stock of this year, which is something I always look forward to. Um, I don't think they've gone to print with it this year, unfortunately, just maybe the year that's in it and stuff. So um, it's going to be the first year in a long time that it hasn't been published. Um, I'll have to check that out. It's definitely not being published. Is that what you said? I, I know. I, I just assume it it isn't because it like it it isn't published yet. It hasn't come out yet. Um, yeah, maybe they didn't get as many sponsors as they needed, um, or as advert as as many advertisements as they need. Um, yeah. but I do know one of the lads who works in it, so I will get on to him and see if there is going to be um a royal county book this year. Very good. Uh, and the last, as always, is kept to the best, and that is of course. PS tapes. Oh, he hasn't and got. He, is he back in? He's back in top spot this week, is he? You're keeping he is, him yeah. Ah, good stuff. He'd be delighted with that. Man. Yeah, particularly after showing in the quiz, I think he needs a little bit of a pick me up. So, um, yeah. I know, I know, he did miss the first five questions in his defence, but he he wants to know about we are Calvin Damien taking over the Calvin under twenties. Mickey and Davy to step up for me, the under twenties. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I don't have the back catalogue that Damien Donahue has. Uh, a fantastic, fantastic coach and manager. Um, leaves no stone unturned. I mean, the man eats, sleeps and breathes football um, in everything he does. Um, and now I love, well, he loves me football. He loves me county, right? Mm. But um, seriously, this, he, like... The amount of coaching badges he has as well, um, he's just top notch. And I've I, I've actually played under him as uh, my best mate managing the team that I played for, and he ended up kicking me off the team. Um, so he did. Um, told me best to leave. Told, told me to leave, um, and <laughs> I had to I had to come back to him and ask him could I come back to the team. Um, but he is like a he's a no nonsense um, uh, type of guy when it comes to his management styles. Um, but yeah, he's a fantastic look. Um, if they want someone unqualified, I'll go in there, no problem, and take on the job. Yeah, well, I said to Paddy, I just private messaged him and I says, Paddy, I think if it came to that, me will be in turmoil. And he says, Is it be better what's than what's there at the minute? And I says, Well, Nothing. yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> fair enough, but uh, no, I think we'll hold off for a couple of years yet, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, it's nearly it's nearly time for me to go into that end of things, but you're still well able to kick ball. I'm still trying to kick ball, but once the legs give up, I think I will have to go into some sort of coaching or management. So watch this space. Watch this space. Watch this space. So any 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 clubs out there looking for a manager, you know, uh, give me a ring. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, the managerial merry-go-round. <laughs> you wouldn't believe where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. Is that everything from Instagram, Davey? Shine, shine. Shine, shine. Again, just to remind our listeners, just to go over to the for our loyal, loyal listeners um, on Patreon forward slash we are me. This week we will be doing the MGA Club Power Rankings with uh, me as Ger Gilroy and Davey Rispin as Owen Sheehan. And uh, we'll have to we'll have to get a word for the next one from Tommy Rooney just to see if we did it justice and whatever. But uh, that is going to be good. That's it from us for this episode of the We Are Meat podcast. We Are Meat, why matters more.